Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EVN Disrupt podcast. My name is Nizhda Zatorgyan. I'm the editor of the creative tech section here at EVN Report. Our guest today was Hovsep Batvakanyan. Hovsep is the head of the investment council at EBRD. We discussed the recent reforms aimed at bringing experienced and well-educated professionals from abroad to Armenia. Hovsep also broke down for us Armenia's current economic situation, what the growth in 2022 was based on, and how the appreciation of the Degam has impacted Armenia's economy. Thank you for listening. Hovsep Chan, thank you so much for coming back. You're our first repeat guest on EVN Disrupt. Thank you very much for having me. Hovsep, so recently the Investment Council announced a, a series of reforms that were aimed at attracting talent from outside of Armenia to come to Armenia to work. There's some specific criteria as to who qualifies and such. Can you present the, the program a little bit to us and talk to us about the advantages? Sure. In February of 2022, we started the process of working with different business associations who are members of our investment council, who represent overall more than 3,000 businesses in Armenia. Each of those businesses and business associations raised the, the issue of the talent they, they're looking for, of the skills they don't possess and they can't find it in Armenia. So we've started to dig deeper into the international practices to see what kind of solutions we can give to those businesses who need the, the skill set. We've realized working with diaspora uh, Armenian organizations that most of the diaspora Armenians want to come to Armenia to work, to be involved in the businesses, in the universities, in the foundations. But the issue for them mostly is the salaries, because the average Armenian salary is around $500. And when someone comes to Armenia and he needs to pay a rent, he needs to be integrated into the Armenian society, it seems that there is this balance of the salaries and of their expectations. So we've decided to take our work from that point on and develop the, the program, which is called um, Integration of Highly Qualified Specialists into Armenia. So this was presented at our Investment Council session, which is done on a monthly basis with Ministry of Economy and on the quarterly basis with the Deputy Prime Minister. Unfortunately, this package, the legislative package that we've adopted, we've presented to the respective officials and it was officially adopted at the government sitting. What it implies is the following. If a business or university or foundation hires highly qualified specialists, into their business activities, into their uh, operations, the businesses will receive uh, from 20 to 70% subsidies for the salaries of those people, of highly qualified specialists. The way it works is the following, how we define what is highly qualified specialist. Uh, first criteria, one of the criteria can be education, whether they are a graduate of top, 100, um, top 400 university, and we have the list there based on the QS world ranking or they need to have 10 plus years of work experience in different highly recognized international com uh, companies. And the, the list, we have the list there, it's around 12,000 uh, companies 12, worldwide. Companies. Yes. So in those cases, based on the, um, on the criteria that we have, they can receive 20%, 50%, or 70% uh, subsidies for their salaries. But we have also the cap, in the first case, uh, it's 20%, but not more than 1 million drums, which is around $2,000 per month. Um, the second cap is 50%, but not more than 1.5 million drums per month. 
And the third one is 70%, but not more than 2 million drums per month. So up to a million drums a month, the government subsidizes 20% of that. And yeah, they, they, they subsidize 20%, but not more than 1 million drums. Ah, okay. Um, and it goes up to 2 million. What type of industries do you see utilizing uh, these 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 reforms, these packages? From the experience that we've had, the meetings that we've held, um, those are both tech companies, engineering companies, textile companies, agricultural companies. Most of the sectors we've investigated, they needed this. At the moment, um, based on the information we've received from the Ministry of Economy, we have already applications that cover 500 people. But initially, for you to, to understand the expectations and reality, initially we targeted annually 400 people. So we haven't started the kind of the outreach We've just started the outreach uh, strategy uh, to let people know. And within one, two weeks, it's already 500 people in the process, in the, in the tube. So we believe there will be many more. And since this is not a one-time subsidy, it's not for one month or two months or one year, you apply once and you receive the subsidy for three years up until the end of 2025. We believe that this is kind of a great incentive package in terms of also long-term planning to be in Armenia. And especially for, for those who were looking for Armenia, looking towards Armenia, and these are mainly diaspora Armenians, um, this is a great way to be integrated in the country. But it's not limited to diaspora Armenians. It could be anybody. Definitely, definitely. But when we're doing the targeting of the audiences, right. um, we, we had in mind mostly diaspora Armenians mm -hmm. because we've received a lot of messages like that from them. What's the criteria for other than the 400 universities and the 12,000 uh, companies? Do you have to have been outside of Armenia for some period of time before that? or? Yes, since we target the integrate, it's an integration program, so it targets mainly people who weren't in Armenia and want to come to Armenia. Right. We have a criteria there that um, you need to be out of Armenia for the past 12 months out of the 2.5 years. Mm -hmm. So within 30 months prior to the application, 12 should be out of Armenia. Within 30, 30 months, you said? Yes. Sorry, I didn't understand that part. So when you apply... When you apply... You just prior, have to have not been in Armenia for the last year. Prior to, the, to your application, within 30 months prior to your application. 12 months should be outside of Armenia. Ah, uh, okay, got it. So it doesn't have to be consecutive? Yeah. Okay. So this could even target Armenians from Armenia who have left Armenia for, for definitely, school? Definitely. This could incentivize them to come back for competitive salaries and continue their careers here instead of finding work in the U.S. or yes, in Europe exactly. or something. Yeah. Okay, that, that's really interesting. It's kind of like a... It's kind of like an extension of some past programs that have allowed Armenians from Armenia to go abroad uh, to study at really prestigious universities. But there's often been the problem of getting them back to Armenia. So this kind of closes that loop. Do you see it that way? Yes, definitely. This is our other target group that we have because you can't really force people um, after their education at Oxford and Harvard and many other universities um, to come to Armenia and to continue uh, working in Armenia, yeah, um, because their expectations, their salary expectations, might not be adjacent to um, to, to the realities. So here we we also incentivize those people 
who are the graduates of these universities mm-hmm. to come and continue and to utilize their skills in Armenia. In Armenia, yeah. Let's speak a little bit about some of the other reforms that um, you guys have in mind. So the Investment Council works on uh, legislative reforms, legislative packages, and it makes suggestions to the government as to what legislation to pursue. Is that is my understanding correct? Yes. Um, so, And this is an idea that originated from you guys. Um, what are some other projects that you, some other legislative uh, proposals that you have in the works? Um, the way it works in this day is the following. The, the issues in the legislation are raised by our members, which are business associations. And then our team of experts, of lawyers, economists, we dive deeper into the issue and develop the legislative package. Uh, So obviously one of the recent issues that uh, was brought to our attention, and not only to our attention, but basically our experts were involved in the process from the beginning, was the situation in Sunik and Vyostor after the Azerbaijani aggression on the sovereign territory of Armenia. This past September. Uh, yes, in, in September 13-14. Um, so we've, we've had different discussions with business associations and with businesses operational in those regions, especially in the tourist sector. And we believe that um, the, the, the consequences of this aggression has been, have been very harsh on those businesses. There have been a lot of cancellations. Um, they, they are open, they are operational, but they don't perform well. They don't work at their full capacity. So what we're thinking, what we've developed already, a package that will be circulated very soon within Ministry of Economy, is the kind of assistance package to the businesses that work there, but in a way that it targets Yerevan businesses who want to do corporate retreats, trainings, uh, meetings outside of Yerevan. If they do their trainings and um, events in Sunik or Vyazdor regions, then the the state will reimburse them 60% of their costs, of their organizational costs. In this way, we try to navigate people from Yerevan to those regions to do trainings there to... To, to keep those regions active. Bring some economic Not Not there. only in terms of the money, because just to give a money on a ground-based um, scheme, this will not revive the active infrastructure and the active economic, uh, life. E- economic life in these regions. And we believe that um, if this program is enacted, this will be a good catalyst for the revival. Yeah. Obviously, we'll be working closely now with one of our new members on the possibility to create... Um, kind of a cluster for SUNIC separately. At the moment, we don't have the legislative package yet, but we're discussing the possibility of having their engineering slash IT uh, cluster, which is adjacent to, to the universities in Goris and Kapan. So we'll see how that works out. At the same time, we were working on two separate packages. One refers to the um, to the subsidies on workers who have been involved in other sectors, but want to do requalification and to enter a manufacturing sector. In those cases, the personal income tax for those workers is discussed to be reimbursed fully. So if you're a company in textile, let's say, and you, you go and hire uh, someone who, who didn't work for the past 10 years, yeah. which is mainly students, recent graduates, or people who is 50 plus, mm-hmm. and you kind of implement the job on training, you, you have them for one year, you train them, and they are accustomed to your sector. Then for those workers, you'll be having the reimbursement of their personal income taxes that you paid. 
Another thing, another package that we um, currently are discussing refers to the online education and the also offline education. Usually when we work with uh, and we speak with businesses, they most of them, they mention that at some point they need, they need to do the program of qualification for their workers, for right. them to have better skills, better adjusted to the New to realities. the new realities, new practicalities. So um, through this program, in case their workers, they apply for a kind of certificate program, be it Coursera or be it a certificate program offline in mm -hmm. Harvard, um, they'll be able to uh, to receive assistance from the state. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, especially, I think, in even in the IT sector and some of the sectors that people may expect to be much more advanced in Armenia, there's a constant need for, for retraining and upping skills. So I think something like that would be of great assistance. I want to speak to you a little bit more generally about uh, Armenia's economy uh, presently, because it's been a very, uh, <laughs> it's been a very uh, interesting, or I don't know how to put it, year for Actually, Armenia's yeah. economy. Eventful, I would say. So in 2022 has seen incredible growth, uh, 13, 14%. Um, of Armenia's economy, and a lot of it, I think, started in February when uh, the war in Ukraine started, and we saw a large influx of Russians, Ukrainians, and Belarusians to, to Armenia. What that growth is based on, what's the, the foundation of that growth? Is it as simple as there's just been a huge influx of foreign capital through more people coming to Armenia? Um, what is happening? Unfortunately, this is consumption-driven right. growth. It's not investment-driven growth. What happens is that a lot of um, Russian, Ukrainian, and Belarusian companies, they, they move their offices here, they move their stuff here. At the same time, when you look at the remittances, uh, we've recorded $2.5 billion remittances in the first nine months for Armenia. What is that in comparison? Which to is um, around five times more. Wow, five than times. Last year. Yeah. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, I need okay. to check the figures, but it's from four to five times more than we, we used to have. And obviously when you have this money inflowing your country and the Armenia's economy, let's be frank, is not ready for, doesn't have the absorption mechanisms to absorb this kind of um, influx of capital within the short period of time. You have record of double digit growth. When you look at different sectors, Obviously, there are some sectors that are doing um, better than others, where it's more evident that this influx um, has happened. With the IT, in the past nine months, grew by thirty percent. Uh, when you look at the numbers for the construction, it's 40, 14 and two percent. The the manufacturing has grown by around um, again nineteen percent when, when it comes to the manufacturing, not the uh, not the mining. Obviously, there are some factors that are in our favor when it comes to substitution in the Russian markets of certain products, especially in the premium premium set of uh, product lines. Armenians are doing quite well. This past <laughs> six months, we see uh, a, a huge export volume of um, roses hmm. to Russia. Uh, because there is a ban for rose import from Europe to Russia. And the, the, the companies that were operational here, right. even those who were doing the greenhouses for tomatoes or cucumbers, they very fast switched to Roses. rose production because this is something in huge demand right, right now. But at the same time, when we look at the export figures, we see that export grew 
quite a big margin. But we need to understand that, that there is a lot that accounts for re-export. Can you explain what that is? Um, re-export is basically when you import a certain product and then you export it to another country. And it's not produced in Armenia. So right. Armenia is kind of a transit point. And when you look at the products that uh, the biggest growth was uh, accounted for, it's cars, mm-hmm. which is obviously not produced in Armenia. It's paper. It's wood. So these are things that were used a lot in Russia before. It was imported from other countries. But given the ban, they're currently being imported to Armenia. And since Armenia is a part of bigger Eurasian Economic Union, it's without any um, issue then transferred to, to Russia. To Russia. Right. We need to absorb in a better way, in terms of the institutional uh, capacity, the money that is coming because there is a unique opportunity to have Armenia placed on the map when it comes to investments. And what we see is that many companies in Russia that come to Armenia, they are not Russian companies, but they are companies with foreign capital that were in Russia. Okay. Companies with American capital, with Canadian capital, with German capital that were existing in Russia, they now, for obvious reasons, have switched the places. They've moved to Armenia. Right. Because Armenia will ensure them work both with European Union quite smoothly and with Russia and with other members Eurasian, of the Eurasian Economic yeah. Union. So it sounds like a lot of the things you're saying are, it's kind of just a matter of the circumstances that we found ourselves in. And some of it could be temporary. So what are some of the more tangible ways we can actually capture as much of it for a more permanent growth as possible? Um, and that's a very difficult question. but <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, when, when a business moves to Armia, if it's not an IT, where they don't really have an issue, I mean, they, they find a business center, they hire, they close the, 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 the rent out the clo- and close the area, and they're ready to go. They have the laptops, they have the computers, and they're ready to go. Right. But when we dig deeper into the manufacturing processes, there are things. Uh, there are a lot of things that can be done. One thing is, in general, the um, the import of manufacturing capacities, equipment, um, machinery, etc. If it's not from Russia, at the moment uh, we have an issue of the import when you don't have any invoice at present. I'm saying this for the, for the case of Ukraine. When we had the the cases, Ukrainian businesses wanted to move to Armenia with their manufacturing capacities, with machinery, etc. And at our customs border, they need to present the invoice for this machinery to be able to to do the customs yeah. um, procedures clearance. But obviously, they don't have the invoice for this. Now we're working on the legislative package on this as well uh, to to have a simplified procedures for those who who want to enter Armenia very fast, let's say it was a crisis in Syria, it was a crisis in Lebanon. There have been many more cases like this when they want to enter immediately, they, they're ready to move, but they are coming here and they are stuck at the, at the customs point for, for a month. Yeah. So this is something that needs to be worked out and we will be digging deeper into this uh, for sure in the upcoming several months. So you think that opportunity is, hasn't been missed yet? There are still yes, companies that would yes. be willing the, to relocate. The other thing is, I believe there should be um, a package developed, which includes kind of a concert services from, from the state to any big businesses that come to Armenia, which will include basically doing the water connection, gas connection, electricity connection, all those kind of pain in the ass procedures that most of the businesses here don't, don't do find them. very favorable. 
And this is something that is uh, important for the investor. If, if you come to the favorable country, uh, these things should be sorted out. If it's not sorted out and they need to spend a lot of time figuring out which body they need to turn next, um, when the processes are not very clear and transparent, uh, this is something that creates burden for them. And they are starting to consider any other destination. The government at the moment developed a very good package that refers to the infrastructure versus investments. So if you do the investments in Armenia of at least $400,000, mm-hmm. the government will subsidize the costs of the infrastructure-related costs. Uh, so it's electricity, connection, Water. roads, etc. And this is good. But most of the frustration from these people is coming when they are dealing with the administrative procedures when it comes to dealing with water connection, electricity connection, gas connection. And since these are the, the, the natural monopolies in Armenia, and there is no kind of a direct pressure from right. the government and direct influence from the government, a lot of things can be hard to implement. Mm-hmm. Another aspect of the, of the economy that has gotten a lot of headlines and a lot of people talking is the currency rate. <laughs> Um, so the Armenian dirham has appreciated somewhere between 20 to 25%, depending on where you take the starting point from. And this is, from some portions of the economy, seen as an opportunity, and from some portions seen as a, a huge burden, because overnight their expenses have gone up 20% because they're, they do their things in dollars. And over the last week, the IT sector has really started making a lot of noise about this because um, it's impacting them a lot mostly because startups, one, get their capital from American or European markets, it's all in dollars, and their product is sold in dollars to the global market. So their overhead has gone up 20% uh, in over six months. How do you deal with a currency appreciation this steep over six months? I mean, clearly, maybe in some ways, currency appreciation could be a good thing, but probably not this fast. Um, So what are some things that Armenia needs to do in order to mitigate the impacts of it on on its economy? Um, The issue of currency exchange fluctuations is the uh, overarching um, matter that um, we amongst the economists, we we usually argue on this, which way is better, uh, especially for Armenia. Because, I mean, when it's appreciating, it's bad for exporters, but it's good for importers. It's good for exporters who import a lot of raw materials and equipment. On the other hand, when it's depreciating, there is high inflation and it's uh, more of a social issue. Right. So in this context, when you look at our numbers, our currency has appreciated around 30%. But at the same time, our inflation, we're able to keep our inflation lower than expected. Compared to the rest of the world? Uh, co- compared to, the, um, to our region, compared to the Eastern Europe and in general. We have the inflation of around 9%. In general, when you look at other countries, it's 15%, 15, 16%. There are some countries that it outreached to 40%, 50%. What I believe can be a solution in this regard, and again, we're working on this as well, to target exporters who have suffered throughout this past five, six months in case they have a dollar or euro uh, fixed contracts. Because... After February, March, a lot of exporters, they switched to uh, working in Russia with ruble. Mm -hmm. And we don't target uh, those exporters, obviously. Because Um, the ruble is not 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 appreciated against the ruble. Yes. And what we're proposing right now, and we're discussing this at the moment, is 
the possibility to reimburse them. The companies that have developed dynamically for the past three years, meaning they constantly recorded growth, companies that have uh, less than 70 workers, and at the same time, those who have been engaged in um, entering new markets. Okay. To reimburse them the difference to a certain degree, but on the condition, on the precondition, that they will utilize the forward contracts with banks. The forward contract with banks simply means that each bank in Armenia can give you a, a contract where it will be fixed the, uh, the currency exchange. It's basically a, a kind of a security for you. Okay. And then in a year, when you do your, um, your trade or you want to exchange your money, you'll have your course fixed. This instrument is there but it's not widely used by the businesses. It's not widely advertised by the banks either. So I believe this is the, the institutional way of working on this. But also with forward, it, it can go both ways. So if the, the currency exchange yeah. goes down or up, in one way you can benefit, in the other way you cannot. Right. But what we are working on another project right now is to, to write new regulations for the options market. And with the option security as the in its essence, you'll be able to to account for both fluctuations up and fluctuations down, not in one way. So these are some short-term things that can be done. The other important thing that can be done from the state is to import as many machinery equipment within its um, state bodies right. uh, or state-owned companies uh, from non-Eurasian Economic Union members, aka dollar values. So as they they create the the kind of the demand for right. for dollar as well to balance it out, because I mean when you look at the businesses expectations, they go to the central bank and they are asking them to do something for the exchange rate. But central bank is accountable for inflation targeting and financial stability. Right. So this is purely within the mandate of Ministry of Economy, and that's what we're working with them on. And do you think the exchange rate is and this is very speculative but do you think it's a temporary thing or do you think uh long term it'll go back to where it's been for seven eight years which was the 485 to 500 range i think that at the moment the exchange rate should be much more appreciated than it is right now so it is at the moment around um 400 i believe the real exchange rate at the moment is around 370 360 because the Central Bank of Armenia at the moment is doing a lot of interventions and they are keeping this 400 because they realize that if it's gone even down, right. uh, it might be disastrous right. for the closure of the year. But I believe this, this will not be a short-term thing because I don't see in the near future Russia, uh, European Union and US sitting at the same table signing a peace agreement and agreeing on, um, on certain terms. And as long as there is this closure between them, there will be still flows into Armenia of foreign capital. Most of the foreign capital that was existing in Russia, they will be trying to find a way to flee to mm -hmm. other markets. And Armenia will be their obvious first choice because it opens them access both to the European Union and to Eurasian uh, markets. So I believe this will go on uh, for a longer period. Maybe the fluctuations will not be as harsh as we used to see in the first wave and the second wave. But I believe this this will be uh, not a short-term phenomena. So this rate is probably here to stay. And just quickly, on the cause of the fast appreciation of the Degam, 
is it as simple as there was something like a hundred thousand uh, Russians, Belarusians, and Ukrainians that came to Armenia and the demand for the dagam just went up like crazy? Or did it also have something to do with Armenia as a state beginning to pay some of its obligations to Russia in rubles as opposed to other currencies? I, I wouldn't say the second one was the, the reason for the um, for the currency exchange fluctuations. Mostly the first the uh, f- first pack that you've mentioned. But on the other hand, when it comes to the issue of paying the, the external debt that Armenia had, as Trump appreciated, our external debt has lowered. Right. So it was very good timing for us to pay out uh, some external debt. And we see that the ratio of the external debt to the GDP has decreased drastically uh, within Which is this possible, one year. Right. Because it was the, the kind of a good... Right. momentum for the government to pay out the external right. debt in dollars. And super last question. A lot of this economic activity and this growth is still centered around Yegevan. So you mentioned earlier one proposal that you guys had to bring some more activity to Sunni Kinvites. Or, but in general, how do we generalize this growth a little bit more across the country? Um, uh, I know it's, again, a very difficult topic, but when you go outside of Yegevan, you see that the reality of the country is is very different from from the capital. So what do we do about that? True. The first day when we uh, fixed that there is a flow of uh, people who are well-paid, who don't really need a company to work for, but those are mostly freelancers who can work from any point uh, once they have a laptop and internet. We started to think on the um, possible framework to bring them to the regions. Because at the moment when we did the monitoring, the initial monitoring, there are, there are regions and there are cities where many of Russian, Ukrainian, Belarusian uh, freelancers moved to. We've uh, counted around 800 people in Zakhkazor, around 100 people in uh, Stepanavan, around 800 in um, in Dilijan and Vanazor together. So uh, we see that there are some movements. It, it simply needs to be institutionalized some way or another. We've talked to one of our... Um, partners who had the um who has the bmb in debit mm-hmm. they are fully booked in a village uh with eight people available and they are building right. another one right now so what we see is what these people need and this is something that we need to come from not to offer something and then expect them to to use it but to sit with them and ask what you want in which case you as a well-paid professional who only needs a laptop and internet will move to a region so far, we've um, kind of mapped the the areas which are important for them. First is the community. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter for them whether you have a Sarian street in every city or not. But as long as there is a community of the like-minded people, yeah. they can find their leisure and mm-hmm. organize their leisure. Uh, the second one is internet. The third one is um, infrastructure in terms of the apartments. Mm-hmm. So you know that the the apartments in the regions mostly are not in a in a good state. So um, th- this was another issue that was mentioned. What we're thinking of is this um, dream um, framework, which we started initially to discuss with Tumo, and then we'll be working with Ministry of Territorial Integrity. To keep it short, the framework is as follows: um, adjacent to the schools in Armenia, you allocate one floor upper floor of this of each school to a co-working space mm-hmm. where you have the it freelancers um being involved those 
um, if if they are using this area free of charge, they also should receive certain hours of voluntary work with the children of the school uh, in terms of both teaching, but also in terms of changing the environment. Because, I mean, if, when you go to the schools in the village, you see a lot of children, they don't have anything else to do mm -hmm. after school. And this this is the way kind of to, to change the whole atmosphere. Yeah, This was their kind of professional framework where they can work and where they can um, benefit from giving. But adjacent to the school, there should be an area where they can live in kind of a new U-shaped or uh, triangular-shaped uh, community houses yeah. where they can live all together, where they can eat all together, they can organize their leisure. And in this way, imagine a situation where you have in each village this kind of small oasis, small clusters yeah. created. And around these clusters, the ecosystem will be created sooner or later. And then you, you, you keep people in the villages, and then you keep people motivated in the villages to do more. Yeah. Because we're always saying that the villages shouldn't only be involved in the agriculture. They should be, should be doing IT, tech, and many more things. But you need to show them that it's cool. You need to show them what they will become if they are engaged into this. Because for, for most of them, it seems very far and beyond reachable target. Yeah. And here you have a case on their upper floor, just like Tumo model, basically. Right. When you have on the on your top floor a direct visuals mm -hmm. of what you will become if you do this, yeah, and how you can be integrated. So this is this is the program and the framework that we have in mind, and we'll try to work out next year on how to make it possible through the legislative changes, through the donors, and through the. Um, investments into these uh, infrastructures. Yeah. I spent the first year and a half I was in Armenia working remotely across the country. I was in Gyumri, Gorgi, Svanadzor, Kapan and stuff. And the biggest thing I was missing was co-working spaces. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I would have loved the program <laughs> like that. So Great. If you, if so you guys you'll, you'll be one it, of the first I, I might go back, yeah. <laughs> Hope Sabjan, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today thank and sharing you. with us your, your experience and your knowledge. And we hope you'll, you'll come back again for a third time. Thank you. It's always my pleasure. Thank you. Hope thank Sabjan. you. <laughs>